Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to this next episode on Living Life Being Human and I'm going to continue with this little little episodes around ages and stages which is a theory in transactional analysis which was brought to life by the wonderful Pam Levin and it's just something that fits fits well with me as a parent and as a psychotherapist it's something that I I draw on quite a lot. It's a free download that I have on my Facebook page, which is Parent Hyphen Plus on Facebook. Um, so you can you can get a copy of this and you can download it with pleasure. Um, if you look on any of my social media sites, it will probably be in there somewhere because it is something that I refer to a lot. So if you're joining this on part three, then you might want to go back and listen to part one and part two, or I can just give you a quick recap. Um, so, so far on this aging stages journey, we've looked at stage one, which is the being stage, not to six months. We've looked at stage two, which is the doing stage, which is six to 18 months. And we've also looked at the thinking stage, which is 18 months to three years. And that's the one where the, the little people, the children in our care, are starting to develop their own thinking. They're starting to separate out from us as their main caregivers and explore and experience life on their own terms, which is a wonderful age. This is the, this is the start of who they are going to be. I think as parents, we often you know, try and look to the future. What are they gonna be like when they grow up? Who are they gonna be? What job will they do? you know all those sorts of things they are themselves starting to work out all those questions as well so in this episode which is episode 48 we are going to be looking at the identity stage which is three to six years which three years in a child's life is quite a long time when you think about it so at three years they are probably in some sort of nursery environment um, and at six years they've moved on and they're probably coming up to, if not in their second year of school in the UK. I know other countries, it, it varies quite differently. So that's quite a massive milestone for a kid to achieve, to go from you know, a relatively very nurturing environment in a nursery to suddenly being in reception class in year one of a school where there's structure and rules and consequences and all those things. There's a lot of expectations you know, on that transition moving into school um, for a lot of children. And some children really struggle with listening to rules, with doing what's expected, all those sorts of things. So you might have a child that didn't want to go to school. They really struggled on that first day in school. You might have a child that is pushing the boundaries in school and not doing what they're expected to do or what they're supposed to do in school. 
I want to let you know that whatever your child is experiencing is normal for your child. There, there will be different children in that class. And as human beings, we do compare and contrast quite a lot. Um, and that's one of the things that I would try to encourage people not to do. It, I know with the milestones, you know, how old were they when they started walking or my son's not talking as much as what your little girl is or, you know, the, the whatever it is. We are all unique as adults and our children are very unique as they're growing up. And there's lots of different things that dictate the decisions that our children make and, and how well they they progress in life to a certain extent you know that you know there's a lots of psychological things around this but the position that a child is born in a family can have you know quite a big bearing on their independence and what they do if you're the first born child there's, there's only you in that family usually so you get lots of attention you get lots of you know developmental input if if that's to be you know i've got three children my third <laughs> yeah I've, I've been there and done it even though there's quite a big age gap there's 16 years between my first and, and my youngest so yeah I, I learned a few things in between that but you know that middle child syndrome um being an only child being the youngest child being a male being a female there's there's lots of lots of input that our children pick up from in families that's not a criticism of any family by the way it's just an understanding that we will have unique children you can have two children born in the same family going through the same experiences but they will come out differently at the other end that's that's just how it works as a human being so i will stop gossiping and i will go on to the identity stage which is age three to six years so in this age they're starting to assert their own identity they are starting to be quite vocal or their behavior is showing us who they who they want to be and and just let you know in no uncertain terms about things you might get that child that's very independent that wants to do everything on their own you know this kind of shrug you off if you're out shopping and you want to hold their hand or you know with one of mine in particular it was the hood <laughs> that was the only way i could control him i think with my eldest, they brought out this wonderful Velcro fastening thing that went round his wrist and went through my wrist. And it was like a telephone. You don't have telephone coils anymore, do you really? But a telephone coil that connected the two together. And he was probably, probably about three, maybe three and a half when he discovered that if he could pull it at full stretch so that the cord was, was kind of straight, he could take it off his wrist and it would just ping to me and he was quite far away from me at that point and could leg it that's him asserting his own identity whereas my daughter one i didn't need to put that on her because she would stay quite close to me anyway why is that i parented them very similar but he he was different to her her personality was different to his they were different people and that's what i just want you to to muse over while you're doing this i can look back at, at the things i did as a parent in those early days and the responses and reactions i got from my children and i can laugh ha 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 at the time i wasn't laughing at the time i was often at the end of my tether at the time i questioned all my parenting techniques at the time i compared my children to everybody else's around and 
in order for me to feel good as a parent, I needed my children or I felt like I needed my children to be a certain way because it was a ref reflection on me as a human being and as their parent. So I just want you to just, just for the duration of this podcast to just put down all that criticism and judgment and assumptions and all that, and just hear what I'm saying and see if anything resonates for you. So they want to assert their own identity. They want to acquire information about the body, about the sex, about the role, about the world. This is the age between three and six where everything is why, why? You just need to do that, why? Don't touch that because it's hot, why? It, they're, they're needing lots of information. And often that can be quite challenging. My mum, one of the favourite sayings that my mum used to say to me is because I said so. And I swore I would never say that to my children. But inevitably, I found myself saying that. When they were inundating me with the why question, what for, why? Just because, just, just do it. You don't need to know all the whys. But in their little head, they do. Because they're, they're compa compartmentalising everything. They're working things out. If I do this, this is a consequence. Don't do that because this happens. You might get that child that needs to, prove you right or wrong don't touch that it's hot invariably there will be that one kid that does touch out to try and reach it there will be other children that keep their hands in the pockets and shy away from something that you say don't go near that because it'll burn or it's hot or it's dangerous so just just be curious about what you're seeing in front of you are your children learning to be independent little people and make decisions for themselves the other thing i think it's important to just touch on is when my son was challenging, when my son was being independent and not listening to what I was saying, as a parent, as the one who felt like it was all being done to her, that was quite difficult at times. But as an adult, he's 33 now, he's wonderful. He questions things. He, he explores things. He looks at both sides of the argument. He you know, the, the qualities that I suppose to a certain extent were quite difficult for me to control and contain when he was younger are the very ones that I'm so pleased that he hung on to as an adult because they're getting through life. Um, so just be mindful of that. We might want to knock the edges off our children, but a lot of the things that we find challenging are the very things that will get them through life as an adult or as an older person. Um, so yeah, they, they want to know about the differences between boys and girls. This is usually, you know, the stereotypical doctors and nurses type phase where they notice differences between themselves and other people, their bodies, um, boys and girls, mums and dads. You know, you might come or you might be part of a family of same-sex parents and they might look at another family where they've got, you know, a, a male and a female or there might be somebody else that has nan and granddad that are bringing them up. So they're starting to learn about the world and, and different things. They're starting to socialise and be part of a social group. Being in school, it's often an age-related social group. You know, outside of that, there might be cousins, older cousins, younger cousins, and all those sorts of things. So they're starting to learn how we socialise, how we meet and greet, how we take turns in a conversation. All these things are, are new information that our children need to learn and to process. We kind of take it for granted as an adult that if we're in a conversation with somebody, I say something, they respond, they some, say something back, I respond, and that is a two-way process. Children need to learn that. 
Same as playing a game. They need to learn that you take turns. They need to learn the social structure that goes on in families. And every family has their own unique set of rules on what's acceptable and what's not. Um, so they start to learn consequences, particularly when they're going to school. Um, you know, there are rules and structure and boundaries. And if they break those boundaries, there will be a consequence to it. They might have to sit on the carpet or they don't get a sticker or, you know, lots of different ways of, of how we offer consequences to our children. But they're starting to learn that certain things are OK and certain things aren't. That's where the, the line in the sand is and something happens if I cross it. They also start to learn and to separate out fantasy from reality. And this is one of the things that often parents come to me with or, or talk about is that, you know, my child just tells lies constantly all the time. They just lie about everything. There's no reason for them to tell a lie, but they just tell a lie. And when I say to them, it's quite normal between the ages of three and six for children to, to tell lies. And it's that separating out from fantasy and, and reality and what's real and what's not. And because I think this doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. You know, particularly squabbles with siblings, you know, they're both adamant that this is what happened, but there's two completely different stories. So it, it, it takes a while to process all this information and understand that this is a truth and this is a lie and to separate out fantasy from reality. There's a reason, you know, in the earlier stages and in nursery and in reception class particularly, that there's an awful lot of role play going on. Children learn so much from being a shopkeeper or an astronaut or a doctor or things. They're, they're exploring, you know, lots of experiences through doing that. And it's really important, I think, having worked in reception class and, and nurseries, that children are allowed free play to just, to just explore. I can remember, particularly when my younger two went to school, I think there's not, there's not auto learning going on in this educational establishment. My daughter was mortified when she got her first book and it had no words in. What was that all about? But, you know, the more you step back from what we perceive the process of learning to be, the more you understand that children get so much from just exploring and learning and making their own decisions and twiddling things and working out if that works and if it doesn't to try something new there's a whole schema of of intellectual things that go on in in the most simplest of tasks for children so i hope that helps again just be mindful that we can recycle these um dependent on the age of our children or what we maybe as individuals went through um if you're if you're looking for a new relationship maybe or if you're looking for um a new i don't know maybe you're you moving country you're you're moving to a new country and there's a different culture and things you might recycle this particular part where you're starting to learn about your identity and how you fit in that new group of friends um how how you I don't know, learn information in that new country, the language and all those sorts of things. So it's not, again, I know I keep saying it in every episode, but it's not like we do this once and we never return to it. We, we replay this at certain times as an adult. Um, and that can be quite interesting because we see it through different eyes. We've all kind of got a filter that we've grown up with um, from those early decisions. But in all of this, we have a choice 
you know if 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 this is triggering something for you as a as a parent or as an adult you can explore that what was going on for me when i was between 3 and 6 that made me make the decision that i don't know that i couldn't express my needs just explore that without judgment or or shame or criticism or anything just just be curious um as it says on the sign above if you're watching this on youtube be curious that's all i ask of you so I shall be back for the next one, which, as I said, the gaps are getting bigger and bigger. This is the next one, which is six to 12 years. Um, and I will be discussing that in the next episode. So I shall speak to you all very soon indeed. Have a good week.